My stance on traveling is that you do it more for a specific purpose. And what I mean by that is I feel like a lot of people travel, but they're not quite sure what to do. And what ends up happening is you're like, oh, I went to, I went to Greece and it was, uh, it was great. Um, the food was nice. And oh, it was really pretty. But there was no clear intention. My name is Sky, NFT survivor turned content creator. And I'm Aiden, addicted video gamer turned content creator. And you're listening to Kaizen, the weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, relationships, and the human condition. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be more intentional with how you travel, different philosophies of planning towards travel, and what we learned about ourselves and others from traveling in Singapore and Indonesia. This is our first time in Eastern cultures because we've been a very Western bound in all of our lives. So it was really an interesting experience and I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kaizen 19. Did can you believe it's 19 episodes already? It doesn't feel like we've done that many. <laughs> it's like 19. I believe it's, we pressed record 19 times. I believe it. God, Sky, that was supposed to be the part <laughs> where like, went with me and you were like, you're no, right. I can't believe it. That's unbelievable. Oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy. And you're going to be like, wow, this has been such a spiritual experience. And yeah, it would have been great. You ruined it. So what I wanted to talk about this time and you can tell me what you think of this framing, is we just got back from a trip to Singapore and Indonesia, two weeks in Singapore, two weeks in Indonesia. And one of the things that I think was a little bit different about our traveling compared to most is the philosophy we had towards how we traveled, like what we did, how we balanced work versus relaxation. Mm -hmm. And we also learned quite a few things because this was our first time traveling in East Asia about culture. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about how we travel differently from most people, what we learned while we were traveling, and how that informs our perception of digital nomading in the future or, uh, or just traveling in general. What do you think of that? Sure. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, the thing I wanted to start with was a description of what most people treat traveling like. And you might be able to tell from my voice that things are about to get heckin' bombastic because I do not like the way that most people travel. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying I do not think I would do it myself. And oh, to give an encapsulation of how most people do it, I'll give a story. I was in a cooking class sitting with a group of girls cooking some food. When we finished making all of the food, we started talking about what everyone else had been doing while they were traveling in Bali in Indonesia. And one of the girls is like, oh, we went quad biking through the jungle and it was awesome. And let me tell you, the food was pretty good after we finished with the quad biking. That might have been the best part is the food after the quad biking was quite delicious. In fact, I remember it was so good 
that I had it again the next day because I loved it so much. And tomorrow, we're going to go to a different part of Indonesia and we're going to do another adventure in a different environment. Like we're going to see a waterfall and then we're going to see a statue and then we're going to go and see another waterfall and a different statue. And then we might see some rice fields while we're biking and it's going to be sick. So that's what every single one of the stories was like when the girls went around talking. When you describe it as you do now, it sounds actually as though they were quite enthusiastic. I thought when you told me the story that they were kind of down about it. They're like, yeah, we went to the statue. Tomorrow we're going to go to the rice field. Like if you were, the way you described that story, it sounds like a great way to travel. Like That actually, that's a very, very good point. I, uh, I was way too enthusiastic <laughs> with, with how I described it. Let me let me reframe what they actually sounded like to capture what you were just saying. Um, so, yeah, the food was pretty good. We're probably going to go to see the rice fields tomorrow. And then we'll probably go to see a dance and then another waterfall and then some more rice fields. So that that's more what it sounded like. I uh, I just got, I let my enthusiasm get the better of me. Hmm. Yeah. So so the reason I don't like that form of traveling as much is I feel like once you've seen one waterfall, you've seen a lot of them. <laughs> like I I'm not saying it would it wouldn't be cool to see the Grand Canyon or see Niagara Falls, but I feel like if I'm traveling i want to be doing things that have meaning even past the traveling itself and i feel like i personally get uh get feel guilty if i spend two weeks in a row just doing what i would call like pleasure activities like just seeing cool things like going to an amusement park going on a ride for a really long time for the whole day and i feel like when you I personally kind of find some more in your meaning mouth? yeah yeah okay so I'm going to speak for you and I'm going to try and articulate what I believe you're trying to say is that these girls were talking about all these adventures they're going to have but they weren't really into it they're like oh yeah we're going to go to the waterfall going to go to the rice field and it's as though they came to Bali without a clear agenda unintentional about what they're going to do and this just kind of seemed like the right activity. Oh, I, I guess when people go here, they do this. I guess when people go to Bali, they go do this. But I think your problem with it is it seems quite unintentional and that they're not even enjoying it that much. I don't think you have a problem with people going to rice fields or going to waterfalls, but I think your problem is that it seems as though this was a, this is just what kind of happened. There was no clear intention to go and do this and they weren't even that into it. Is that correct? Yeah, that that's a really good way of summing it up. I think a core value of mine is intentionality. I think even if you're doing something that you don't enjoy, if you're intentionally doing it because you see it as so, uh, you're doing something you value, like, you know, we both don't, I don't personally enjoy running that much <laughs> i wouldn't say like it's a highlight of my day every time i do it in the morning no runners high. no runners high. I go. no that doesn't happen no 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 runners high 
Um, but I still do it because I value having a healthy body. And I feel like these girls were just kind of like going with what they thought they should be doing while traveling instead of intentionally fig- figuring out what does traveling mean to me, right? I think you summed it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for you, like, first of all, what did you think of that idea of intentionality while traveling? And then maybe you could give a bit of a description to the viewers about how we went about traveling in Indonesia in particular, because I think that's where we had a more control over what we wanted to do. Because when we were in Singapore, we were with my uh, girlfriend, whereas when we were in Indonesia, it was just you and I. So you want my stance on traveling and to explain what we chose to do during the time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my stance on traveling is that you do it more for a specific purpose. And what I mean by that is I feel like a lot of people travel, but they're not quite sure what to do. And what ends up happening is you're like, oh, I went to, I went to Greece and it was, uh, it was great. Um, the food was nice and oh, it was really pretty, but there was no clear intention. And let me contrast that with another option. Like, let's say you're very much into jujitsu and martial arts and then you travel and you go to, a certain place. I don't know if it's Japan or if it's uh, there's nice places in Bali, but you go for the intention of I want to improve my martial arts skills, and there's some really nice activities I can do here, or I want to go further in my spiritual journey, and I can go to India to the Himalayas. That's the hub spot where there's a lot of really great places that can expand my spiritual awareness. Or I want to do stand-up comedy. Let me go to New York City because I know that there's a lot of great stand-up places where I could spend my time. And what I or mean I want to get is, really high and then I go to Burning Man. <laughs> yes, that would also work. Or, I mean, it's being legalized throughout the uh, throughout the states. So you're pretty much safe anywhere. Or go to Oregon for a, for a crazy time. But there's an intentionality to why you're traveling. And I feel like a lot of people travel because it's, it's a, a break from routine and it almost distracts you from things you should be dealing with. Like, for example, there was one time where I was in Portugal. I think it's a related story, but I'm in Portugal. I'm sitting there late at night watching a movie, and I'm at a surf yoga camp. And these two new people walk in, two Canadians. And I introduce myself. I ask them how they're doing. Um, and one of the girls is like, yeah, me and my sister are traveling. We're going throughout um, Portugal and throughout Europe, and we're going to be traveling for a year. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Okay. What are you doing exactly? They're like, yeah, we're on our gap year. I would try to figure out... What we want to do in life, we're just kind of figuring ourselves out, um, just going around, going through the motions. I'm like, oh, are you going to try any special activities? Maybe, I don't know, figure out what your interests could be, what your passion could be. And they're like, no, we're just going to kind of let it happen, just kind of go with the flow. And I think my passion could come to me. I'm just going to figure it out as it goes. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't really critique them because I didn't feel it was in my place to do so at the time. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, I'm taking a, a year right now, a gap year. I might take two, actually, just, you know, like, go in, settle into the whole college thing, figure out what I want to do. And I think that traveling without an intention can be somewhat of a distraction because there's so much new sensory information, everything is foreign, and you can kind of get lost in these new cultures. But in the, at the end of the day, all that really happens is you're trying fantastic food and seeing new sites, but you're not really confronting personal problems, not really confronting the reason 
that you should be doing certain things in the first place. Whereas a stark contrast would be you take a journal and you just stare at a wall blankly without any distractions and you, you write about your problems, where you want to be and what needs to change. And I think some people, when they travel, it's kind of just um, a sensory overload, a distraction, when I think a contrast would be to travel for purpose and intention. Does that make sense so far? And then I can explain how we traveled. Dude, that was an incredible description. Like you basically said everything I wanted to say, but after I said everything I didn't want to say. <laughs> so that's what I've seen. And me and Aiden were quite intentional with how we went about this uh, month-long adventure. Two weeks in Singapore, two weeks in Indonesia. And maybe you can give your own version of the story. But for me personally, this was a, a story about consistency. So for, I think, over two years now, I've been like, oh, I really like to be a YouTuber. I think I, I would fancy that. Meanwhile, Aiden has been hard at work, grinding it out, putting his teeth to the grindstone. He's been very consistent. He now has, <laughs> I think, what, 150 plus videos, if not more. 170. Yes. And I'm, I think, prior to this vacation, had maybe 20, roughly 20 videos. And I just had a struggle with consistency. I was a classic entrepreneur without a business. The classic, uh, every two or three months, a video pops up out of nowhere, rises from the depths of the, of the dark water. And for <laughs> me, I wanted this to be a, a consistency thing. So I tried to upload every, every day, but what ended up happening was every two to three days. But yes, that was the intention. Upload while traveling and be consistent with online creation. So we made, I think, what, three or four podcasts while we were there. And I produced many, many videos. I actually, I got 3,000 plus views. My channel skyrocketed in the time we were there and I was much more consistent. And that was um, the intentionality I brought. There's other things, of course, but the consistency was the main one. Maybe you can give your version of the story. Yeah. Well, I know I've said this a thousand times outside of the podcast, but I'm just so proud of you, man. Like, <laughs> it, I, it was actually such a joy to be with you during that month where I feel like you more than ever have solidified that consistency, which was such a struggle beforehand. But I do think you're also selling yourself short a bit because you didn't count the old meta videos that we used to do, which uh, obviously are the best content that we ever put out on the internet. You know, our high school selves. Better than the, the better than yeah, the office. Exactly. Like, you know, it's a winning combination on YouTube to put teenage mm -hmm. testosterone plus literally endless free time. Lanky 12-year-old. Yes, Perfect. exactly. So for you as a story of consistency, for me, the trip, particularly to Indonesia, was a story of realizing privilege. I remember we were sitting at a coffee shop together talking about our visions for our businesses and a thousand things started going through my mind. I was like, well, I could do this and I could, you know, I could also create this course and like this, this, uh, lead magnet and this. And I was explaining all this to you, but I got cut off because one of the coffee shop workers sat down with us and he started to talk about his dream his dream of working for the next five years inside of that coffee shop so that he could afford to buy a house 
for his family that was living in Lombok, which is an island, uh, uh, island away from Bali. It's and and he wanted to buy a place so that in Bali so that they could stay with him. And I remember when we heard that you said, like you know, there's got to be a faster way. Five years? Oh my God! Like, do, well, can do I, you know can anything I else that you can do? Yeah. Yeah, so you said his dream was to work for five years. His dream was to buy a house and then move. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. <laughs> and the <laughs> conundrum was the only way that's possible for him, the only way that he could see to save up that money in his circumstances, with his background, with his knowledge, with his expertise, his skill set. The only way he could save up that money is to work in a coffee shop for five years. Yep. Yep, that's, that's a much problem. better. That was not his dream. That was the yeah. Absolute his dream, his dream was not <laughs> to be kidding. not to work in a coffee shop for five years, but it really made me realize how privileged we are in how many more opportunities we have than so many other people in the world. Like we grew up cis white males in New York with upper middle class parents. And are both getting college paid for completely by both of them. And literally right before he came up to us, we were talking about all these endless things we could do inside of our, both of our businesses. So my God, and that was just one example of many inside of Indonesia where we came front to face to face with how many more options we have in comparison to others. Yes. Through no fault of their own, just birth. Yeah. My God. I I did want to comment as well on what you said beforehand about the philosophy of traveling being intentional. I think one of the best ideas that I ever got from, I think it was Atomic Habits, was the idea that the you that exists in Hamilton or whatever place you live in is the same you that exists in a different traveling place, right? So you can't like hide your problems. They come with you. So a lot of people, I think they use traveling as a way of avoiding their problems, like not confronting themselves, but the problems are going to remain when you come on your traveling adventure. So Mm -hmm. I... I think like using traveling is that way is, uh, is, is one big issue. And I think really we're traveling. I find it to be very valuable for me, uh, not only on this traveling adventure we did, but also last year when I traveled for a month in Sweden, the Netherlands and, uh, UK is how great it is if you're intentional about the novelty that you bring into your life, like breaking out of routine, right? I used to be super structured with my time. I would, I would schedule everything out. I would time block meals. I would literally, kid you not, over the summer two years ago, would play League of Legends games with you and our friends online and count the amount of League of Legends games until the next meal. I would be like, well, if I, if I play three League of Legends games, that'll probably get me to around two o'clock and then I could probably eat again. <laughs> and, and 
that it was just horrible like for how structured i was That's but then i went trick. on i've not heard that one before it's a new one yeah it's a new <laughs> it's a, one it's league of legends game and then when i went traveling and suddenly i'm visiting family with completely different routines from me. some people go to bed at like 1 a.m in the morning some people go to bed at literally 7 p.m it's insane um i had to be very flexible and i feel i've learned to be a lot more flexible with my routine because of the traveling experiences i've been yes i'm curious there was one point where we wanted to go to japan this was not going to happen too poor to go anyways but we were talking about it we're like let's go to japan and he was like hmm you want to go to japan for two three weeks i'm sorry no we we can't do that because like if we go to japan then i won't have a gym for two or three weeks i won't have a structure i need a gym in each location we go to or i won't go only if we plan every single hotel and every gym then i'll consider going <laughs> that was how structured you were at the time yeah but throughout the entirety of the indonesian and singapore trip i think you have you were very unstructured we often didn't even know which hotel we were staying at until 20 minutes before we were going to bed some nights <laughs> yeah no i i I thank you for that. And I don't, I, I think this time, I don't even think I went to, went to a gym. I just did calisthenics every mm-hmm. single morning and that ended up working out phenomenally. Uh, yeah, we were, we were actually surprisingly. Says, I seem to lose six pounds. Yeah, <laughs> Liz is actually, figured out, figured out it was seven pounds. I'm like, I, I still don't know how that's possible to be honest. Like, if, if, like I, I thought we were going to have gained weight because we're eating like new food but here i am losing seven pounds in a, well, in a we month. ate twice a day so it's hard yeah well i eat twice a day here but yeah maybe maybe we just just maybe i'm just anorexic and possible. and that's that's <laughs> possible <laughs> yeah well what why don't you tell the the audience like what did we actually how do we mix like work and leisure while we were traveling in the traditional yes. sense? Cause I think that was also a different way that we traveled. So I guess perhaps it's interesting for the audience, you guys to just hear how we went about the whole thing. So prior to embarking on this excursion, Aiden and his girlfriend were immensely, <laughs> you were logistical for a little bit. They wrote down all the fun activities in every place in Singapore, for example, his girlfriend grew up there. So she knew all the fun activities and Aiden was more research intensive than I, I was. And we had a list of things that would be potentially fun. So for Singapore, there's an amusement park, there's certain sightseeing places, botanical gardens, certain events that we wanted to attend. In Indonesia, like only oh, the ability to surf, you can go uh, quad biking, there's certain cultural things you can see, a dance, uh, a certain location, a monkey forest. So there was an itinerary, a list of potential activities to choose from, which was quite extensive, and then places to eat. And once we actually embarked on the journey, what ended up happening was we more or less woke up, we went to a coffee shop or some place where we could work on our laptops, because we both have businesses that can be done via the computer. And you'd work on the laptop during the day, and then about once per day, you would choose an activity from the list. So, for example, you could have worked and then at night you watch Mission Impossible. Work throughout the morning and evening and then at night 
uh, or midday, you go surfing. And to give you a rough idea, most days were perhaps, I would say roughly six hours of laptop work. What do you think, in, at least in Indonesia? Yeah, I think in Indonesia, that is probably accurate, but definitely not in Singapore. Yeah, not in Singapore. But laptop work and then uh, some activity from the itinerary. So surfing, quad biking, uh, cultural dance in Bali, uh, sightseeing, honestly, just almost immersing yourself in the culture. So just, I mean, just seeing things, walking around. That was because Bali was so different. Indonesia was so different to anything we'd seen before. And then in oh Singapore, yeah. I mean, we also recorded podcasts. We read, we read some books. And then, uh, I would say going based off the itinerary after we had worked doing certain events that we have, we thought would be engaging and novel. Is that a rough idea? A rough encapsulation of how we went about it? That was a, yeah, that was really accurate. I think the only thing I would say is in Singapore, the, a lot of the activities we did end up choosing from were scheduled from beforehand. I think it was yes. more in Indonesia where we were like, what are we going to do? And then we'd wake up in the morning and we'd be like, ah, let's go find out. And then we'd, we'd find something in like a martial art in the area or some fun activity and we'd do that. Um, Which was really but I great. Think like, martial arts. Yeah, it was. Oh my God. Yeah. That was so much fun. And, and I think you really taught me to go about it in a, in a much more relaxed way. Cause I think I'm naturally a little bit more of a, a planner. So <laughs> going with you with <laughs> Singapore, Aiden called me up. He's like, my girlfriend and I put this together or so his girlfriend made it and he checked it. And there was like a list of every single day. Okay. 2 PM. We're going to eat at this restaurant. At night at exactly 10 o'clock, we're going to watch this movie. And for the entire week, every single day was planned. I'm not even kidding. There were two activities, uh, a lunch slash dinner spot, all perfectly curated and planned. And I looked at this. I like flipped through it. I was like, <laughs> nah. And I was like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this. There's no way. So for me, I, I'm much more of a day-by-day person. So the day of, okay, well, I know we're going to eat at some point. I know we're going to do some martial arts. Let's figure it out as we, as we go. But I think you lose something. Like, why are you so, it doesn't have to be so rigid. So yeah. stick to the structure. Yeah, I really liked that contrast. Like in Singapore, how much more planned it was. And then in Indonesia, I'd uh, you'd, you'd walk down the, the hotel stairs and I'd be like in the lounge area and I'd be like, hey, Sky, uh, we're going surfing this afternoon. And you're like, okay. And I was like, nothing, nothing <laughs> else to say about that. And you're like, no, that sounds fun. Sounds good. I was like, Sky, we're gonna um we're gonna ride some quad bikes through the jungle. And you're like, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And then there's I just loved I loved uh the spontaneity. And you know. What really surprised me is like, I thought if we didn't plan stuff that we would end up doing nothing, but that's not what happened at all. Like we did a surprisingly good amount of stuff for two weeks, easily could have done more, but I wouldn't have wanted to do more. Like I I really enjoyed doing one main activity every day, whether that be martial arts or uh, 
surfing or a party or a dance or a quad bike or a cooking class or monkey forest and Mm. spending the rest of the day working on our business whether it be editing videos in your case or whether it be taking a course together um or whether it be like doing something else and you know actually i think one thing that we haven't dived into which uh, I don't know if this is related to traveling or not, but I certainly, it, it was one of my highlights, was just taking courses together while we were traveling. Mm-hmm. I thought was it, that was... that a prompt? Was, yeah, it was a prompt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that a question or is it just... Yeah, of course I don't know. I'm supposed any, to just go off on Anywhere you want to take that, you can go off on any... I love rants. Rants are my favorite thing. Well, there's two things I want to say. The first is I feel like you get diminishing returns and you can also feel rushed. If, for example, I saw many people walking through Indonesia with like a, a guide to Bali or like the top things you have to do. And I know, for example, some people will set up their day while traveling. Like, okay, we're going to go to this. Oh, we went to Paris. Let's see the Eiffel Tower. We're going to go to this art gallery, then this, this restaurant here. And what happens is that while they're in each location, they're actually rushing to the next one. So it's like, oh, we're on a time limit. I got to go, 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 go. Got to see as much as possible. But for us, we didn't have an itinerary on each day of we have to do this, this, and this. And there was no rush. While we were surfing, for example, we weren't like, okay, uh, checking my watch. Got to finish quick so I can head to the monkey forest. No, it was like, this is what we're doing today. And the rest of it was very leisurely because we're just working. And that's like the one activity, if maybe possibly a martial arts afterward. And there was no... We weren't running from place to place. We were kind of enjoying it as it went. So I think that was part of the reason that it was so enjoyable. We didn't feel panicked mm-hmm. to see everything because we're not like, we're not going to see everything. And you can accept that. Mm. We didn't have to, like if Bali were a, an orange, we didn't have to extract all the juice. That That is literally exactly. the last analogy that I would have used, but you know, I'm a it master works. Of words. <laughs> Uh, the second oh, thing in regards to <laughs> online courses. Yeah, we took, um, well, we began taking an improve your voice course. We, you took a newsletter course. We took a charisma on command course because we were both interested in how to be charis- more charismatic. And it was really, it's fun to take that with a person at your side because you gain so much, I feel, from being in person with somebody in relation to being online. And then we can take the course together and actively implement those techniques. I guess I'll have a, a side story. So in regards to charisma, um, one useful framework is a lot of people spend their time learning hard skills. I want to know how to edit, Photoshop, code, uh, write. And we have this ethereal thing, which is on the resume, which is a requirement, but no one really understands it. And it's called soft skills. And I was like, yeah, you, you need those, but it's very hard to put into words what that actually means. And certain courses and books can put the soft skills into hard skills. So one aspect of being charismatic, when you see someone, do you shake their hand and say their name? A small thing, right? But now I've made part of the soft skills a hard skill and easy to understand. Are you saying someone name, someone's name when you see them? and shaking their hand or giving them a fist bump. And we saw this in the Charisma University module. We went to an MMA class that day, a uh, Muay Thai class. And while we were there, I dapped up everyone, I fist bumped everyone, and I asked for their name. And there was one guy, uh, I think his name was Astafa. It was two weeks ago. I might have that wrong. Three weeks ago. <laughs> and then throughout the course, 
there were a couple times where I said, Astafa, like, can you show me this move? Because he was very good. He was, he was jack out of his mind. He looks like, uh, he looks like Batman when he was training in the Dark Knight. And then <laughs> what happened, what happened after the class, like unprompted, all I said was his name a couple times. And I was like, can you show me how to do this, uh, this punching move? He actually walked up to me and Aiden. He's like, you know, we finished, like the class is over, but do you want to join me in a pull-up workout? I'm going to be doing a 15, 20 minute workout to finish it off because he's a legend. And uh, because we used his <laughs> name, I feel, because we had dapped him up, I felt that he was comfortable enough to walk up to us and invite us uh, on a, a bout that became quite fun. Yeah. So immediate that returns. Was a, that was a great story. What were you, you going to say, La? Immediate returns? Immediate returns from taking a course and then applying those principles immediately. Yeah. I, th- I think the fact that we're doing it while traveling made it that much more special because we're in a new environment seeing new people and a charisma course was one of the best things that you could be taking course-wise inside of that. It was a, a unique opportunity in that way. I think that was one of the things that made the the traveling very intentional was I remember before we went on our traveling adventure, I had a call with one of my friends, John, and also with you. And the question that I specifically asked was, what should I be prioritizing on this traveling that I wouldn't be able to do in another situation if I was back at home? And one of the uh, a couple of uh, there was three things in particular that we came up and that was one of them was like doing courses together because we don't get to see each other physically that much because you're in the Netherlands I'm in the US uh second thing was doing a lot more martial arts and like you know special activities in the area and then thirdly uh getting obese off of drinking coconut water that was <laughs> another joyous it's surprisingly like literally the drug of Indonesia and Singapore my god I don't know what they put in that stuff maybe coconut but it's uh it's so good Jesus Christ yeah and I think you did the same thing uh I, I hope you don't get mad at me sharing this story but <laughs> I remember a week before we were traveling uh I told my brother about that prioritization thing. I was like, what should I prioritize? And then my brother's like, well, I want to ask the same question. What should I prioritize? You know, I, I really want to, uh, find a relationship, Aiden. I really want to like, you know, get one, uh, uh, find a, a person that I could be with short term or maybe potentially long term, you know, and it's just, it's not working out so far. And then I looked, I looked you straight in the eye and I was like, Sky, there's a week before we go off to travel. You are not going to find someone in a week that is going to be willing to wait for a month for you to come back and then enter a long, a shorter long-term relationship. And as soon as I said that, you were like, well, I'm not going to focus on it then. And I think like that was very, a lot of, like break got a lot of clarity in what to prioritize because you you realize like you don't have to feel bad for being in more of a work season because it doesn't make sense to be in a relationship season if 
you're not in an environment where you can find a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Don't disown me. Well, it's not entirely accurate, but I'll let it slide. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of misinterpretation on your part, but yes, that does get the idea across that focus on what you can in the moment and if you, like for example, you had courses, right, that you wanted to take, but right now you're trying to release a shitty university. So it's more important yeah. to take the newsletter course rather than a different thing. So focusing on yeah. what's important at the time. Exactly. It's uh, really, really makes, it gives a lot of clarity in what to do because you you tell yourself, this is what I'm prioritizing. I don't have to focus on anything else. Anything else is a shiny egg. And it makes so you don't have to feel bad when you're not able to get everything done because you'd never be able to get everything done in the first place. I'm curious from this traveling experience, has it informed you in any way about how you would like your future travels to be? And in particular, when you answer that question, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on digital nomading again, because I know the digital nomad lifestyle appealed to you before we did this traveling experience. And I want to know if that's any different now that we're done. Well, our traveling experience, first of all, I mean, I'm not confronting with our own privilege, with our own opportunities, with the power that an environment has over your person who you surround yourself with. Like just, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's worth saying, but like these people are surrounded by not the best universities, by people who are less educated and it just limits their options. Like just based off of my birth, um, my mental faculties, I, I got, I got, I was assisted. I got much luckier in regards to the amount of opportunities I had. So coming to terms with that, that was a big one. And also seeing how much the environment shapes what you feel like doing and what you can do. So for example, this is the third time I've been like at an, as an older person, been in a warmer country. So Singapore, Portugal, and then Indonesia, very warm places. And I realized how much that saps your energy. Like it really drains you. Like I can see there's an image of the Bahamas. There's an image of these, uh, places near the equator there's a reason people are always like relaxing by a beach because <laughs> like when you're there there's really not much else you feel like doing your body's You've never like, seen can't. someone do that in alaska you never seen those photos like they got like the coconut <laughs> out there in the hammock i've seen one but that was an advertisement so, <laughs> yeah but like it's just you really it, it tires you out being in a warm place i think it's like the one of the biggest productivity hacks if you want to not get stuff done it's just really hard, really hard to do stuff. So going on these travels, I realized that I want to be in colder environments. And also I think that's just based, that's, that's what I'm built for. As a, as a white male, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a brown, I'm not black. So like they're, I think they're adapted for those places. I'm just not built for it. It drains my energy. I get too warm too fast. Like I'm not built for those locations. So going to the, uh, colder places and also going to places where, you can pursue certain activities. So earlier in the podcast, I talked about travel with intentionality. For example, if you want to get into yoga or meditation, go into India, for example. Uh, for me, with acting, I would, I would possibly go to Los Angeles, maybe New York. Um, I mean, those are the next ideal locations, I think. Um, 
yeah, that's that's where my my head would be. But like picking a certain location where you can do uh, activity that you want to do, or if you want to do, I guess, poetry or painting, perhaps friends. But like picking a location where that activity is exemplified or made easier, or people who do that are in higher concentration. Okay, so main takeaways are next traveling experience, creating videos in Antarctica so that you feel like you need to do things instead of sit down and <laughs> drink a coconut. I think, yeah, it just be, be in a cold place. It's a game changer. I see you're recording like one of those Bear Grylls documentaries. And I'm particularly imagining this scene where Bear Grylls, it's like the third episode of his Antarctica series and he's starving, hasn't eaten in three days and he finds this spot that he hid an entire bag of extra large Cheetos like a chipmunk or a squirrel. That was his food of choice? That was his food of choice. That, you know, it's, got <laughs> a lot of ca- it's got a lot of calories, okay. you know? Uh, that's, that's what you're going to be recording on your next traveling experience. I could not agree more every single morning when i woke up and i walked out of my room in singapore and in indonesia and the air conditioner was no longer giving me sustenance i wanted to sit down and go to sleep for all of eternity (laughs) that's not a good (laughs) feeling like when you when you sit down to do work and the first feeling that comes into your mind, the first thought that comes in your head is like, that's, yeah, I could sit here for a while. Mm, do I really have to open up my laptop? Mm, no, let's not do that. Let's lay down, have a coconut. It'll be, <laughs> that was not fun. It was not, not a good experience. I, I very much, I remember we, we got, back to the Netherlands after a month in Singapore and Indonesia and we walk out of the the train station terminal and I just see you jumping up and down you're just like you're like that's not an accurate sound but you were like yes I'm back I'm back I I remember as we were walking you were like man Aiden Utrecht it's, it's the best it's the best place on planet earth like you we were both so happy and we worked out for like an hour like doing things this is crazy yeah you're like i feel like moving i feel like using my brain cells oh my god so i definitely agree i i think one thing i realized from the experience is i don't think i would like the digital nomad lifestyle and let me elaborate on what lifestyle I, I mean by that. I mean, like, the, the typical thing you think of when you think digital nomads, someone that travels around the world with a laptop. They're like a laptop warrior. They work in coffee shops, and they they travel for extended periods of time, like months at a time. They don't travel with anyone. They They don't see, like, family or long long time friends in the places they're going they more like make friends as they go and then make new friends in the places they go so i know that there's different ways you can be a digital nomad but that's the type i'm talking about right now 
I don't think I would like that. Every single time I've traveled for an extended period of time, I've done it with other people, except for like one week last year when I traveled in the UK. And it was drastically less fun doing it alone than it was doing it with someone else. Because when I was doing it, when I'm doing it with you, like I'm building my memory, our our memory repertoire. Like we're going to be able to talk about how we drank coconut milk every single day for the rest of our lives from this trip and all these other memories that we got to create together. So the fact that I did it with you in particular is like very, very beautiful. Whereas if I was alone, who the heck am I going to talk to? Like, it's not like I'm going to call up Roduerdo or something. I don't know. I'm making up a name. Roduerdo. It's not a very Indonesian or Singapore name. <laughs> um, and it's not like I'm going to call them up after the traveling experience because it's very unlikely the people you meet while traveling as a digital nomad are going to remain online friends because you didn't meet them online. You met them in person. And that's different from meeting someone online and then meeting them in person um, or traveling with a friend or a family member. So I think the way I'd like to go about it instead is either I'd be traveling with someone like you or I'd be traveling to a place with family or to a place to be with people I've met online, like to be with other creators uh, because I know the relationship will keep after the traveling. Um yeah, I'm curious, like, do you think, where where do you see yourself on what I just said? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What? Well, I think it just depends on what you're interested in at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, for example, like, let's just say, oh, all of a sudden I want to become a Buddhist monk. I travel, I go to a Buddhist temple, and then I live there with these people. Like, that's a new experience where you you, you live there for potentially a month. I mean, none of your previous friends or family are there. But it could be a completely novel and life-altering experience where I really want to go to this specific acting class. And then I travel here. And when I see digital nomad, like when I, when I hear that as a word, I kind of see it as going to a place for maybe one to two months for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. But I don't see it as kind of like, a, um, like I guess <laughs> in my mind, it's how, uh, uh, Indian would travel in the movie The Revenant where you just go from place to place like kind of looking for food. But what I'm <laughs> saying is more like you go here for a specific reason and then you bounce to another place. And being a d- digital nomad makes you very adaptable. Like you don't own a house. You're renting a place. So you can just move to where the fun is at. You can move to where things are happening given your interests. And the way I see that, that would be like probably your 20s. And I, I do think you would probably want to settle down eventually. But like, why would you lock yourself in one location this early in life? That's how I see it. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's very, it's impossible for us to say what we're going to be interested in in like a year or two from now. You know, maybe in two years, I will want to start my own coconut business and move back to Indonesia or Singapore and I'll be one of those people that drives coconut stands on their motorcycles in the back. And if that happens, then I will probably be a laptop warrior, you know, a coconut laptop warrior. 
mm-hmm. you know, by night I'm a laptop warrior, by day I'm a coconut warrior. Um, so yeah, I very much agree. It kind of depends on where your interests are in the moment. Do you think there's anything else from the Singapore and Indonesian adventure that we learned learned that you wanted to talk about? Or do you think we've done a pretty good job exploring it? I am grateful for knowing English at a native level. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Just so much funny stories. You can consume so many books, so many... So many yeah. ways you can converse. You can just migrate through the whole world just by oh, speaking man. English. It's such a versatile language. I remember one of the first nights that we were at Indonesia, we are at a food stand trying to find protein anywhere. We just, we need protein. We need something, something to sustain our, our muscles and, and not to generate. I went up to this girl the food stall stand i look her in the eye and i'm like yeah could we have something that has a lot of protein like a lot of like a lot of chicken some meat you know a lot of that good stuff and you come up to me aiden aiden jesus christ she stop stop overloading them with english language you look at the woman you look you look at the woman you look her straight in the eye you you point to the glass where you see the meat and you're like want more meat <laughs> i was like she got you I I said, she got you right away yeah chicken and here you your 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 uh request worked out a lot better um <laughs> so yeah it really really shows you how most people did not have a proficiency in english and having that like you don't realize how powerful it is when you're born with native english speaking but oh my god the markets that opens you up to is insanity so if you made it this far into the podcast and you don't speak english um that's a it's a cool language (laughs) you should maybe learn that isn't it ironic that the only people that would benefit from the advice you just gave wouldn't be able to understand the advice you just gave that's very ironic Tragic. Tragic. <laughs> I feel like we've come, we've actually come away with quite a, a good number of insights that some of them I didn't even realize you were going to say beforehand. So I'm, I'm very glad that we, we talked about it. This is definitely going to inform how I travel in the future. Like, uh, if, if we do a travel, traveling over winter break or if we travel in the next summer. Mm-hmm. that'll be very interesting to talk about as well because you're you're gonna be done with college is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap up uh, we're gonna use a red ribbon to wrap it up that's a wrap <laughs> I, I hate you so much <laughs> have a great rest of your day everyone <laughs> it's thanks for listening